What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them and study them and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, and the list goes on. I will sit with your questions, pray, study, and again, hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint. But my disclaimer is this, I am not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I share with you, the responses I give to you might not be good for you. If that's the case, please be free to reject whatever it is that I say that doesn't help you to grow in your relationship with God. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Christ in prayer, in study, in worship, in fellowship, so that our Lord can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time in your walk toward eternity. If this is your first time listening to the show, I want to encourage you to hit me up with your own questions at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play, any other podcast format that's out there, and you can share us on your social media pages. That will help other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, potentially it can become good for them as well. On today's show, we're going to be talking about finding a good retreat. Retreats are so necessary. And so uh, how do we find a good one? Number two, uh, the prayer scarf or mantilla. Where does that come from? What does it mean? Why do some people wear them? Why do other people not wear them? And finally, we're going to talk about Lent. Lent is right around the corner and what kind of resources could help us to better enter into this Lenten season. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into a glory story. Yep. Right, all right, all right. My glory story is this. So maybe I mentioned it in a previous show, not sure, but one of my new favorite saints is this guy named St. Vincent Ferrer. He was a, a priest in the 14th century, and he had a, a gift of, of preaching and a wonderful and beautiful healing ministry as well. But any time he would travel to speak, to proclaim the gospel, he would always enter the land first, fall to his knees, and beg God to give him his heart for those people in that land. And he would not stop praying until he perceived the Lord give him his heart for those people. And then after that, he would go to the, the tabernacle and he would entrust his preaching to the, uh, to the Blessed Sacrament. He would consecrate it to the Lord. And then he would go and preach. And it was exponentially, supernaturally fruit-bearing. Many, many people came back to the church, came back to the Lord, experienced conversions. And so I have kind of taken up his his way of life lately, and I've been traveling a lot around my diocese as vocation director. Uh, it is just this is my this is my busy season, so I'm like all over the diocese every day. I'm in a different place. I was in let's see, I was in New Roads on Wednesday, on Thursday I was in Hammond, on Friday I was in Baton Rouge doing two different retreats, one all morning, one throughout the night. Saturday back in Baton Rouge, so like literally, it's like I'm like just hopping around all over the diocese. But it's been really really beautiful. I was in Zachary before that, and. Um, and what's been happening is is I've been imitating St. Vincent Ferrer, and I've been begging God, give me your heart for this group of people, you know, like, and so I, um, I've been giving different talks in the different places I go. So some of my talks have been on specifically on vocations and discernment. Other talks have been on the interior life. 
other talks have been on racial injustices. And so all these different talks I'm giving, right? And um, I just ask God, give me your heart. And I sit and I wait. And the Lord's been providing. Like I was in New Orleans with my buddy Father Todd, his parish for Supper and Substance night where we talked about forming holy families, the domestic church, because that's where vocations come from. Shout out to all the ladies of that parish who were doing their Bible study. Y'all are rock stars. Um, and, and then the Lord just gave, gave me his heart. I, I perceived it. When I was in Zachary, I was supposed to speak for 20 minutes to a group of confirmation students and then like have an hour break and speak for 20 minutes again. I ended up going for like two hours. No lie. I went for an hour and 40 minutes straight and then realized that I wasn't on my 20 minute mark. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my bad, y'all. All I got is 20 minutes left before I have to leave. And the kids were like asking me, please, Father, stay. And I was like, wait, y'all, y'all cool? And they're like, we don't want to get up and leave. Like, this is so good. And I was like, whoa, this is an anointing. Like, this is the Lord. And I, and I spent time before I spoke with the Blessed Sacrament, with Jesus asking him. And he even like gave me new, like different material to share with him. And so it was beautiful how he's been just, yeah, Ah, it's been so good. It's been so, so good. And then when I, I gave a conference to a university, I think it was, um, I'm going to say it was Vermont. Maybe it was Virginia. It was up north, my bad. They have the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist there. And um, anyways, and again, that talk was on racial injustices and what we could do as a Catholic church to heal the racial divide. And again, I just perceive the Lord give me this gift of tongues to to communicate his message. And it's been so, so beautiful, so beautiful. So I'm um, shout out to the Holy Spirit and whatever Whatever new thing he's doing in my life, um, I'm just I'm just really trusting him and like, all right, God. And I've been feeling his heart. I guess that's the point is that I've always prayed for the gift of tongues and prayed for people to have the gift of interpretation of tongues. But in this season, it, it seems that he's given me his heart for his people and his mind. Like, And so I'm able to, I guess, share with them in a way that it's like, and it's interesting because I'm not their pastor. I'm the vocation director. So I'm like traveling a lot, you know, and I don't know these people well, but because of my prayer, I do know them. And oh, it's just been good. So I would just encourage y'all, get to know St. Vincent Ferrer and ask God for his heart for people in your life, for your family, for your friends, for those you're ministering to. And don't move until you perceive he's given it to you. Uh, it's been really, really edifying. Super grateful for that. So my glory story is just, it kind of always goes back to prayer, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, just prayer, 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 prayer is everything. All right. With that being said, let's jump into today's show. All right, first question comes in, and it's about finding a good retreat. And this is from Bridget. And Bridget, uh, when I see your name, I think about St. Bridget. She is one of the earlier saints who I got to know because my mom has a devotion to her. So uh, you're asking about retreats. First of all, I want to thank you for all the amazing things you're doing. You are a blessing to so many through your ministry. My question is this. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through high school, so I've been to a lot of retreats and unfortunately never had great experiences at them. Oh, boo. I've been to some retreats, too, where they've been kind of like, man, you, you can tell that they weren't the fruit of prayer. That, and it, again, prayer is everything, y'all. I've been to retreats where people, they got the project and they got the plan or they got a program. and It's like a set thing that they did. And they, they read through, they, they had a script that worked in other places, but they didn't pray. And so because they didn't pray, it didn't bear fruit. And so anyways, prayer is everything. It was 
mostly because I was immature in my faith, which is true, right? The way we come to retreats will have an effect on our capacity to receive from them. But again, if the retreat is anointed, even if we come with a lack of faith, we can have our worlds transformed. But I also had problems with anxiety and I didn't feel comfortable sharing things with my classmates. My faith has grown quite a lot in the past few years. And I think a retreat could really help me discern some things and deepen my relationship with the Lord. But I don't know how to choose the right one. And I'm still reluctant because of my past experiences. Any thoughts would be appreciated. P.S. I'm in Baton Rouge area. So if you have any recommendations for South Louisiana, Bridget. Bridget, this is awesome. I'm so happy you're in my land too in Baton Rouge. I'm, this is my diocese. So a few retreats. That might be good for you. So uh, there are silent retreats that you could do. I, I think it might you might be an introvert. I'm not. I might not be right. But if you're an introvert, a retreat that you might be more drawn to do at first would be a silent retreat. With um, so we have those in Baton Rouge Diocese. Wendy Enload hosts those at Our Lady Holy Rosary Catholic Church. There's a retreat center there, and it could be beautiful for you. You could do a three day retreat or a four day retreat with her at Holy Rosary, my old parish. And I would highly recommend that. Like that's that's a great way to enter into um, retreats and praying with scripture and being with full blessed sacrament and being silent, being detached from the world. I could just recommend that all day long. Uh, and then again, maybe if you're not ready for that yet, then you could do an online retreat. Becky Eldridge, uh, she has a retreat called As I've Done For You. It's an online retreat. That could be helpful as well. It's online, so you don't have to leave your house, but it could accommodate you. There are also retreats called Busy Person Retreats. These are retreats where you, as a busy person, you might be working. And so uh, you go to the retreat for an entire week uh, for one hour a day. So you pray for one hour and then you go meet up with a spiritual director for one hour each day. So we have those who are our diocese, but also throughout the country as well. And uh, there's a ladies night coming up at Holy Rosary with Meg Hunter Kilmer. That's going to be on Monday night, March the 7th. That's not a retreat. It's more like a mission, but it still could be a gift for you. Uh, different parishes throughout the nation have retreats called Axe Retreats. Uh, Axe Retreats have been really good for a lot of people. Um, so you have to discern if that's going to be good for you, right? Uh, if you don't want to share a lot, you know, it's a lot of sharing, but it's also, I've seen a lot of fruit come from those retreats. Those happen all over the nation, so you can look up Acts to see if there's an Acts retreat happening somewhere near you. And finally, if you're discerning um, things in life, then we have a chosen retreat coming up. It's the first ever chosen retreat. Uh, it's uh, the Diocese of Baton Rouge is putting on a collaboration with the Diocese of Jackson, the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Uh, so Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas are collabing together, and I think Alabama as well. And we have sisters coming in from uh, the Holy Family, Sisters of Nazareth uh, are going to be there. Sister Josephine Garrett is going to speak at it. We're going to have the uh, Father Champagne's community in Lafayette. Uh, the, both the priests, the brothers, and the sisters are going to come in for that. The community of Jesus Christ crucified. The poor friars and nuns of Jesus and Mary are a really awesome order. They're going to come. The Mercedarian sisters of the Blessed Sacrament are going to be there. The cloistered nuns, the Covington Carmelites, and also the Jackson Carmelites, and uh, the Jackson Carmelites, and then some Dominicans are going to be there as well. Clearly, the Benedictine monks are going to be there. It's going to be at the Abbey, St. Joseph's Abbey. That's going to be June 3rd through 5th. Uh, I'll be speaking at it as well. We have some uh, a few more orders are going to be there. The Daughter of St. Paul are going to come through, and the Josephites of the Sacred Heart are going to be there as well. So it'll be for guys and girls ages 18 to 40. So if you're between the age of 18 to 40, I would highly recommend that, that retreat. You can find out more information about that retreat at www.diobr.org slash vocations. That's www.diobr.org slash vocations. And so it's going to be a time of, of prayer with with us, those of us who are priests and religious, uh, consecrated and seminarians and novices, it's going to be a time of fellowship, of study, and of worship. And it'll be a three-day retreat at the beautiful Abbey in Covington, and the whole 
nations invited to come. So and no matter where you're at in the nation, uh, or I guess in the world, if you want to come to it, you're more than welcome to come. And so it's going to be really beautiful. So again, it depends on what you're looking for. Um, Acts really helps to foster a deeper community for people with their parishes. Uh, Solemn retreats foster deeper community with you and the Lord. And then discernment retreats like chosen retreat uh, helps to foster deeper community with you and particular religious communities uh, and dioceses as well. So hopefully that is helpful for you and also for our other listeners as well. I think retreats are super helpful for all of us to kind of just get away for a while and and uh, recharge. I, I see retreats as as like mini vacations with Jesus, just to get away with the love of my life, to hear him speak, to rekindle our relationship, and then to be inspired to go forth and continue to walk with each other uh, until we get to get to heaven. So hopefully that was helpful. Speaking of things that might be helpful, the next question comes in from Vicky. Vicky writes this about the prayer scarf from Antias. What does wearing a prayer scarf mantilla mean and why do women not wear them anymore? All right, so I'm, I'm going to break this into three questions, Vicky. Where does it come from? What does it mean? And why not anymore for some people? So let's first talk about where does it come from? It comes from the Word of God. So St. Paul writes in Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 16, this, I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I have delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Any man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but any woman who prays or prophesies with her head unveiled dishonors her head. It is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a woman will not veil herself, then she should cut off her hair. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her wear a veil." For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created from woman, but woman for man. That is why a woman ought to have a veil on her head because of the angels. Uh, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God." Uh, judge for yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does that nature itself teach you that for a man to wear long hair is degrading to him, but if a woman has long hair, it is her pride? For her hair is given to her for covering. If anyone is disposed to be contentious, we recognize no other practice, nor do the churches of God. So that's where it comes from. So what does it mean now? That's, I think that's, that's the first part. What does it mean? of your question, why does St. Paul say that? So uh, if you go into many Catholic churches, like speaking of the abbey where the chosen retreat is going to be at, when we go to St. Joseph's Abbey, which is a beautiful monastery, they have a tabernacle there in the abbey church, like every Catholic church should have a tabernacle there. Uh, And when the Lord Jesus Christ is present uh, in the tabernacle, typically we have the tabernacle veiled. And so in its ordinary time, there's a green veil. Whenever it's uh, Lent, there's a purple veil. Uh, And and the same thing happens at at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. In many churches, like at Christ the King, where I'm currently helping out at twice a month, whenever we celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, we veil the chalice. Why? Because it contains the the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, And so we we veil the patent, we veil the chalice. And and even if you look at the altar in the sanctuary, the altar typically has uh, a cloth over it. The altar is, is veiled. Because the altar, which it represents Christ, 
Um, and so uh, we, we veil that which is, is, is sacred, right? We cover that which is reserved for God. Uh, and it's, this is important. So uh, this is like, I think, the, the, the best answer to give for, for, for women to veil because woman was the, the, the pinnacle of creation, right? She was first man came, but the very last, last one who God created, it was a woman. So she's like the highest form of creation, like the blessed mother, right? And so uh, because women are of such a high degree of, of holiness, um, by virtue of, of being the, the last that God created, we, we veil them as well. Now, it's this, this is just a discipline, right? It's, so it's not a doctrine. And so I think it's important that we make a distinction between disciplines in, uh, in our church's teachings and also doctrines. Doctrines are is the teaching on matters of faith and morals. Uh, and the teachings on faith and morals uh, have been handed down to us, the bride of Christ, the church, from our Savior, Jesus, uh, and, and his apostles. Uh, and so doctrines don't change. They, they just don't. They, they, doctrines can be developed. We can come to understand them better over time. But the teaching in and of itself does not change. Um, so the discipline of women wearing veils is more so an instruction um, it's, it's, it, it, can, it can change over time. So disciplines are changeable. Doctrines are, are not changeable. But the discipline of women wearing veils, Armentias, again, it's rooted in Scripture, um, but in, in just to be to the, to the point, it's, it's not binding as a doctrine is binding. Here's background on that. We have the Code of Canon Law. So this is where we have the, the teaching office of the church. So the Code of Canon Law, it used to teach that women had to wear the veil, and now it teaches that it's no longer mandatory, right? So it's optional. Now, if a woman wants to wear a veil, she can wear it, and it's beautiful, and it could more so be a practice that's good for her. Like, does it help her to pray? Does it help her to worship God? Um, does it help her to grow in her relationship with Jesus? If it becomes a hindrance to her, then she's free to not wear the veil. So I think every woman should at least be open to discerning the veil for the sake of intimacy with Christ. Like, God, would this help me to grow in intimacy with you? And then try it out. And if you find that it doesn't, then you don't have to wear it. If you find that it does help you, then then wear it. But it, it's, it's optional now. It's totally optional. So hopefully that is helpful. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about resources for Lent. Am I saved? How do I develop a better prayer life? How do I trust in God? The Curious Catholic is a new series of bite-sized books from Ascension that answer these questions and more. The Curious Catholic features small books from various authors that provide busy Catholics ways to go deeper into spiritual questions. The first three titles in the series are from Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year podcast. Father Mike's books explore the topics of salvation, prayer, and trusting in God. To learn more about the Curious Catholic series, go to ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. Coffee. I'm doing coffee right now in the afternoon, not the morning. This is probably going to catch up to me later. I'm probably not going to sleep well. Why did I do coffee in the afternoon? I don't know. Oh, I know why, because I have, have a busy day, and I'm about to do masses throughout the evening and night, so that's why, but 
I don't know why I'm talking to y'all about this right now. I mean, it, it still tastes good too. So anyways, last question comes in from Nelly. Nelly, Nelly, underlay, underlay, mama, ia, ia, uh-oh. Nelly writes this, and her name is not spelled the same as Nelly, the rapper, or Nelly Furtado. Remember, I'm like a bird. I want to fly away. I don't know what she says next. So Nelly says this, hey, Father Josh, I'm wondering if you might have some recommendations for how to best get ready for Lent. Or maybe you know of some good resources. I am new to the faith, and I'm still trying to figure out everything there is to know about Lent. Thank you for your help. But there's so much that we can know about Lent. Ascension has a few things that I think you might find helpful. Um, three products, and this is not like a, a, a plug for Ascension, but we do have them available. Um, one is from Father Mark Toops. It's called the Ascension Lenten Companion. It's a personal encounter with the power of the gospel. The second one is if you have children, Louis Lent can be helpful. And then the third is from Dr. Edward Sree, Pocket Guide to the Stations of the Cross. These are three resources that I think are helpful. I would say, to keep it simple, though, this is if you're new to the faith, then my advice to you would be to fast from something that you're going to feel. So think about something that if you fast from it, it's gonna, mm, you're going to notice it. You're going to long for it. You're going to want it. And then pray with Scripture more. Pray with Scripture. Uh, the sorrowful mysteries are the way to go. Pray with the passion narrative. Um, pray with the stations of the cross. Again, like Dr. Everest Street's book could be that which you add into your life. So every time you're tempted to go to that which you're giving up, you turn to the word of God. You turn to the stations of the cross or the way of the cross. JP2 has the way of the cross, which is um, more ecumenical um, than the stations of the cross. And so there's many things that you could do, but I think those resources are very helpful. If you were fasting, you could dive deeply into any one of those three resources and always you could dive deeper into more scripture uh, as well and then again almsgiving is important too in the gospel jesus said when you pray when you fast and when you give alms so just be intentional about uh, fasting uh, and then when you fast from something and you feel it turn to prayer and then the fruit of your prayer should be almsgiving uh, it should be other other focused ways of making a gift of yourself your time your energy and your resources so hopefully that was that was very basic, but I think that, that that might be helpful for you. With that being said, let's pray in preparation for Lent. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, give us the graces that we need to enter into this Lenten season worthily and well. Help us to abide in a deeper relationship with you and each other in our walk toward eternity. Give us the grace, God, to pick up our cross and to follow you wherever you invite us to go, so that we can remain in you, not only on earth, but always in heaven. We ask this prayer, Heavenly Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. I y'all. That's all. God bless. I will see you next. Actually, you know what? You're going to hear me next week, but by the time you hear me, no, you'll hear me the next couple of weeks, actually. I'm going to Mexico with, with my students so for a mission, but I think I'll still be in town next week. But anyways, at some point, you're going to hear some recorded shows that I'm doing early because I'm going to be in Mexico uh, walking with some of our brothers and sisters in that beautiful land over there, serving the poor and learning from them how I could be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. All right, deuces. <laughs>